Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. And we're going to accomplish that today by talking about insurance. Now, what does insurance have to do with headaches and migraines? Well, insurance actually is playing into your health care probably a lot more than you think. Now, for most people, they have an idea of how frustrating it is to work with insurance. They have an idea that providers are sort of strapped by insurances in their decision making. But we're going to talk about insurance today and, and why it needs to change and why you, the headache or migraine sufferer, are affected by that. And then maybe a couple things that you can glean from this in, in a sense where may, maybe you're limiting yourself in your search for relief by sticking with your insurance company. All right, so the first question we're going to answer is how insurance got its start. Because if we understand how insurance started, a lot of things that we see today, a lot of systems in place, whether that's systems that the government set there, or maybe on the private sector, we see these big machines that we all participate in, that we all maybe have frustrations with, and maybe see the changes that need to happen. At one point, they stemmed from a very good idea. So insurance is the same. And again, I I have to put an asterisk on what I'm saying, and I'll say this up front, but insurance companies are and can be helpful. So if, uh, if you have a catastrophic injury, if, if you are hospitalized for an extended amount of time, if you have astronomically high medical bills, we're all very thankful for insurance. And so don't hear me wrong. If you are someone that has been saved by your insurance company, that is a very good thing. And you should be uh, thankful for that and excited about that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm going to talk about is how it's driving your care to be more expensive, how it's driving your care to cheapen the quality of what you're actually receiving, and how it wasn't intended to do either of those things. So insurance got its start after the World War, uh, after the World Wars, we um, were seeing businesses restricted by the government in their salaries so they couldn't necessarily be competitive in their hiring like they wanted to and so they had to uh, figure out a creative way to have a competitive advantage over their competition and so what they did was they started to say that they will pay for their employees health care so this was sort of a corporate employer run program it wasn't an employer partnering with an outside insurance company. It was just uh, the business owner saying, we want to set up this uh, within our within our HR to be a benefit to you, the employee, and we're just going to pay for your healthcare expenses, which is great. That's how it started out. The, initially, what happened was the doctors, the providers would realize, they started to realize that we're not actually billing the patient. And so when the patient comes in, we provide our services and there's there's sort of a pain point there when you're billing the patient directly. And that pain point was now removed. And so there's a third party that's paying for the services, which naturally 
uh, whether it was well-intended or not or intentional or not, it just sort of naturally drove up uh, the cost of care because the patient walking into the clinic wasn't directly paying. Um, that provider thought that they could just increase the cost of care. Okay, so that led to what are now you know third-party uh, insurance companies or independent insurance companies that then partner with businesses. And then fast forward to today, if you are receiving insurance, it's likely through a, an insurance company that's partnering with the business that you're employed at. And uh, they come up with all sorts of benefits and plans, uh, deductibles, premiums. And we've sort of found a system that that, you know, quote unquote, works. Now, what that does for me personally, I'll talk from my personal experience, but let me just say that my clinic, I don't work with insurance companies. And that was an intentional decision, not just because it's something that I I just, I think it's easier to work directly with the patient. It is, um, but it wasn't just because my business model would, would be more successful. A lot of what drove that is the quality of care that the patient receives. So I'm, I'm going to talk about the quality of care with insurance from a physical therapy perspective because that's what I know. But we can apply this to pretty much any setting because if you talk to a primary care doctor, a surgeon, um, if you talk to a dietitian, if you talk to any healthcare provider that's working with insurance, they'll, they'll likely say the same thing. So working with insurance companies in the physical therapy world, the insurance company being the third party payer is going to dictate what the cost of care is. So what I as a provider can bill or what they'll reimburse me for. So that, that rate of reimbursement is basically run by the insurance company. Okay. So that, that kind of makes sense. These insurance companies got big enough where they can basically control what's happening because there's, there's usually not uh, the healthcare system is usually smaller. They're a smaller fish than the big insurance company. And so the insurance company has more control over that company, over that clinic or the hospital. And so the, the insurance company is really going to have a large say in what reimbursement looks like. And then that reimbursement is going to drive care because they're businesses. The clinics are businesses. These healthcare centers and facilities are businesses. So they need to be profitable and they need to see a return on their services. So the third party, the insurance company says, when you as a physical therapist do a therapeutic exercise, and I, I don't know the actual numbers here, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ballpark where they're at. So if I, as a physical therapist, am going to take a patient through band exercises, I might, and I do eight minutes of that, I might get paid $37 for that eight minutes. And so I will bill one unit of therapeutic exercise and get paid $37. So what happens is in a, a PT session, you as the patient, and this is what oftentimes happens in PT clinics, is you get, I don't know, a dozen exercises, and every time you show up, they take you through those exercises, and they'll bill two or, let's say, three units, maybe four, so three units of therapeutic exercise, which is going to be somewhere just over $100 for that visit. Now, if they were to perform manual therapy, so meaning you as the patient are getting worked on 
from the provider. They're using their hands. They're doing things like joint mobilizations, different types of massage. They're working with their hands on restoring mobility, which is more effective. Not that therapeutic, not that doing exercise isn't uh, helpful, but it really is more valuable for the physical therapist um, to work with you with their hands. But what happens is the insurance company says, well, we don't think that is as effective or valuable. And so we're going to only reimburse at like $29 for a unit. So if the physical therapist wants to make more money, they need to bill therapeutic exercise. Now there are ways to sort of change the or justify therapeutic exercise over a manual therapy. But oftentimes the manual therapy is not the focus because it doesn't pay as well. And so the insurance company is influencing the, the clinic and that provider specifically because the clinic owner is going to say, hey, we need to bill more therapeutic exercise, which um, happens and every clinic I've worked at wants to bill the higher code because you get reimbursed more. And so the patient will receive therapeutic exercise. And I, I'd like to say it's because that's in the best interest of the patient in what I, what my conviction is as, as a provider is I cannot justify having someone show up twice a week for 45 minutes, an hour, half hour, whatever it is, and watch them do exercises that they could be doing at home and bill the insurance company for it. That to me seems like, uh, I, I don't want to say a waste of time, but in certain scenarios, it can be a waste of time, but it's not as valuable as me working one-on-one -on -one, hands-on with this patient. Okay, the, the second thing that we see within physical therapy um, that is driven by insurance companies. So because the reimbursement for physical therapy services, and, and it has gone down, so it's not like every year they give us a 6% raise. They don't. It either stays the same or they drop. And so what happens is the physical therapy clinics need to figure out a way to keep their costs down. And so they will hire techs and aides, which techs and aides can be very helpful, but... I do not use Texanades um, because, for the most part, when I am working with a patient as a physical therapist using my hands, the tech or the A doesn't really have a role in that. But if you're working with insurance, it's much more profitable to pay the tech or the aid minimum wage, maybe a little bit more than minimum wage, while you can still get reimbursed and bill based off the physical therapy license. So you can have the tech or the aid bill that $37 therapeutic exercise code, but only pay, you know, your overhead might only be the, the 12 bucks for the hour that that patient um, was seen as opposed to paying the physical therapist 35 or 40 bucks. And so a lot of these clinics to, to keep, stay profitable are hiring Texan aides. And so one physical therapist will have maybe three or four patients in the facility at one time and they'll just have techs or aides working with them and they'll just kind of stand off to the side and make sure that they're there if the tech or aide has any questions. So I, in saying this, that is cheapening our product. That's, that's reducing the quality of what you, the patient, should be getting. Patients see that. I hear it all the time that patients are sort of frustrated with their physical therapy experience because they, they just did a bunch of exercises. It didn't really seem to help. And then they wound up um, sort of losing trust in physical therapy as a whole, 
which if you listen to my last podcast, the physical therapist has an incredible amount of value in the healthcare system if done right, if seen the right provider, and if, if we go to the physical therapist initially. And so the patient is not seeing the value in this type of care. The insurance company, I would say, is really to blame. Now, it's a choice that the PT clinic owner has. You know, they're, they're not handcuffed and, and strapped into this process. Just like me, I chose not to do that. It's harder to, to step outside of insurance because uh, if you have contracts with insurance companies, if you start to talk to doctors, they will send you patients in network. And then the insurance company sends the patient and says, hey, this, this patient has 12 visits. And then you use all the 12 visits this is being a little cynical, but it's almost like it doesn't matter if the patient gets better or not because they're still going to see you because the insurance is paying for it. The doctor told them to do that, and that's just how the process works. So if you're a physical therapist listening to this, I hope that you see that. If it frustrates you, please reach out to me. I'd love to chat about it um, because I'm very passionate about this because I, I know that physical therapy has an incredible amount of value, and the insurance company is driving this sort of cheaper quality of care where we are just trying to bill as much as possible and uh, increase our profit margin, which as a business is not wrong. I'm not against that. I think businesses should make money, especially if they're, if they're doing good things. But what should be our primary focus as providers and as clinics is the patient's needs. The, the needs of the patient come first. They said that at the Mayo Clinic all the time. That's their motto. And so when I opened my business, I went into it with that idea. I want the patient care to be the focus of what I do and how I structure my clinic and how I, I see the, the patient and the type of care I'm providing. And so I, I made a decision to not work with insurance companies. Now, there are clinics that work with insurance companies that I do see have the, the needs of the patient in mind. Now, you can do things the right way within insurance. Um, as a as a business model, I do think it sort of limits you to potentially a geographical location where you have connections to those providers. Those providers have patients that are in network. They send them to you. And so it limits who you're talking to. And so if I were to take Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, if I were to take Aetna and Kaiser, my sort of focus would be on treating headache and migraine patients that have Kaiser or treating headache and migraine patients that have Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to be biased in my decision making. I don't want to be sort of excluding people from my care because I just didn't have a contract with them. Now, I could set up my practice as having insurance uh, and then also seeing cash pay patients because clinics do that. But my, my bigger picture, my bigger vision is to truly help everyone with headaches and migraines. And so working with insurance companies, there's that sort of temptation to drive, that, that temptation to hire the tech, to bill in a certain way, to start doing exercises because you make more. And I, I didn't want that temptation at all because the type of care that I've seen that works and that patients need is this one-on-one -on -one, hands-on restoring the body to normal function. And if we can do that, that's incredibly valuable. So someone with headaches and migraines should see the value in that. And, and so the problem is that 
when when you have headaches and migraines, you've gone through the healthcare system. If you listen to my last podcast, you, you're sort of familiar with that the the system and how it can lead to this sort of hopelessness. And so you're kind of broken down. So trusting a physical therapist, which in your mind might be just like doing exercises in a in a gym, is a challenging thing. But really the cost of care can be very affordable when it works. And so the problem is is not that healthcare is expensive, because I think going to see the mechanic is expensive, and it's not because of what they charge me. It's because every time I take it there, it seems like it still has a problem. And so it's very expensive to go see someone and then leave and still have a problem. I don't. It doesn't matter if they charge you a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. It's it feels expensive. But if if they can fix your problem, then the value is there, and the value for headache and migraine sufferers is it's almost like you can't put a price on it. Um, getting those migraine days back, getting the time with your with your friends, with your family, being able to pursue your career, pursue vacation, to enjoy your leisure time, those things are, are essentially priceless. The problem is that as patients, you don't trust that there's an actual solution. And so that all stems from the the healthcare system problems we talked about last time. It stems from the insurance company driving this cheaper product within physical therapy and with within other realms of healthcare as well. But that that cheaper product, I apologize for. I I wish that physical therapy looked different. I wish that I could say just go see a physical therapist and they will provide you with incredible value and they will change your life. Um, unfortunately, I can't say that. There are a lot of good physical therapists out there and you can find them and I want you to pursue that. But there's also a lot of physical therapists that I think are caught up in this system and oftentimes they're frustrated with the system, but they're in it and it's just what they know and they don't know how to get out of it. And so I don't want to blame physical therapists, but I do think that and I don't necessarily, I, I don't think the people working in insurance, I, I feel like oftentimes, because I've talked to people that work with insurance and they see the problem too, just this whole system so big, it's hard to get above it and figure out how to solve the problem. But as you, the headache or migraine suffer, I think it's affecting, I think it's affecting you. So what, what I would encourage you, the listener to do is pursue your health regardless of whether the clinic is in network or out of network. Now, let me explain what I'm saying because it could be interpreted as well. I pay a lot of money for my insurance and I, I it's not like I just have a bunch of extra cash laying around. Um, and so I, I get that. And it goes back to seeing the value in the product. But if you can find the right provider, I don't want you to limit yourself because they're not taking your insurance. Now, we have people call all the time and ask, do you take my insurance? And it, it sort of, it makes me cringe a little bit because I know that the person on the other line, on the other end of the line, is someone who has headaches or migraines, or maybe they're a, a friend or family member of someone with headaches or migraines, and they're likely suffering through this debilitating problem. Now, the chances of me being able to help them are fairly good. And so when they ask that question, I I really don't like answering it um, because what I want to do is get to the real question, which is, can you help me? Most people will decide to work with me if they know that they can trust this process. If they, if they see the hope 
of like, hey, this hasn't been done. I need to go through this process. And so when you are searching for a provider, whether that's if you're calling us or if you are pursuing uh, a physical therapist in your area, don't worry so much about insurance. I want you to call and ask them if they are someone who understands what you're going through. Um, if they can describe your symptoms and explain the underlying cause as I as I explain it, if they can work with you one-on-one with their hands and they're not going to put you in a room and watch you do a bunch of exercises, then there's a good chance that scenario is going to be helpful for you. And I want you to pursue that. If they're in network for you, great. If they're not in network for you, then I want you to at least take that risk and, and see if they can help you. Uh, because continuing with with the medication and, and losing days to headaches and migraines is not is not a good answer. So I hope that this podcast episode was helpful in understanding uh, insurance, understanding why I chose not to accept insurance when I opened my clinic. That hasn't been a barrier for me. Uh, it actually has been a great advantage because we get a lot of great patients who are motivated. They're excited about their care, and also drives me to improve my quality because when you're paying me directly and we get rid of that third payer, man, I am motivated to get you better because my business is on the line if I can't. And so that's why I chose to not take insurance, not because it's easy, but because it's hard, but because it's best for you, the patient. And again, it's my mission to empower you, the headache or migraine sufferer, to break free from fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I hope you tune in next time.